Hello, and welcome to the Write with Influence podcast, a weird and wonderful mix of copywriting tips and sketches to bring the learning to life. Today we're talking about curiosity, how to use curiosity to pull people into your copy. Curiosity is a powerful but elusive emotion, and if used properly, it can entice your reader to give you their full attention and follow your call to action. But there's a catch. Despite its intensity, this emotion is fickle, and it's often mishandled in copywriting. If you make a mistake with it, your reader's interest can disappear with the smallest of distractions. And even if you're familiar with using curiosity in copywriting and you can recognize it, if you're not following the three rules that I'm gonna share with you today, you might be losing more potential customers' attention than you can imagine. So let's talk for a minute about one of the reasons why curiosity works. So as human beings, we like things to be resolved. We like to make sense of the world around us. And so if there's bits of knowledge or things that we don't know, but we think, would be useful to know, it can really drive us crazy. Um, I have a habit that I'm pretty sure my husband, Malk, I'm pretty sure it drives him nuts. And I will start a sentence and then I will pause or I'll start another sentence. So for example, I might come back from the shops and say, oh, hey, I was at the supermarket um, early on and I saw, um, oh, we should get some tomatoes. And he's left thinking, what, who did you see? Why don't you just finish that first sentence and give me the rest of the information? And I'm aware of this as this is something that I do and I'm trying to work on it because I'm not a naturally eloquent speaker. I often start saying something and then my mind moves quickly to another four or five thoughts that I wanna get through before I can finish that first sentence. Now, when I say my mind moves quickly, that's not me saying I'm a, a kind of genius, but far, far from it. What I'm saying is that it's like someone emptying a bag of golf balls into a concrete playground. It's just pure chaos in my head, just pure chaos. Now I'm gonna show you in today's episode how leaving things unresolved can work really, really well in your copywriting. It's definitely a good technique that you want to practice and master. But before we get there, have you ever felt that frustration of say, telling a story and not being able to resolve it. Hey, so good to see you. I'm a bit nervous about meeting your friends. Oh, don't be, they'll love you. Here they are. Oh, hello. Amy, this is Binky. Moi. And this is Nathan. Hello. Pleased to meet you. Come on, everyone, sit down. Sorry we're late. We had to drop by the supermarket before. Hey Amy, tell Binky and Nathan about that funny story you had at the supermarket. Oh yes, so, oh gosh. Um, so yesterday I went to Asda and I was doing a shop, just a regular shop, and I went to the till. Excuse me, um, monsieur and mademoiselle. Oh, uh, right, okay. Uh, can I get you some drinks? I'll have a vodka martini. Dirty. And I'll have a pint of the Abbot's Ale. Certainly. One moment. You were saying, Amy, sorry, you, you had gone to Waitrose. I'd gone to Asda. I'm at the till and I'm expecting it probably to be around about £100. I hear Asda do some incredible rollbacks. You don't get rollbacks at Waitrose. Everything's full price. Go on. So. Excuse me, uh, Monsieur, Mademoiselle, uh, your drinks? Right. 
Justin Martini, Al Norte, and uh, Pint of uh, Abbott's Ale. Are you ready to order? Oh, I haven't even looked yet. Pas de problem. Take your time. I do not want to interrupt your witty repartee. You're saying, Amy, uh, something about a uh, hundred pounds? Right, so I'd, I'd just done a regular shop. I was expecting to be at a hundred pounds. And it actually came to a hundred and seventy-nine pounds. So I said to the lady at the till, you know, you sure that that's right? Sweet, dear old lady says, oh, oh, it's always more than you think, my dear. N not at Waitrose. Uh, I can estimate the receipt within seven pence. Every time, no more, no less than seven pence. He can. It's quite impressive. Good. Um, so I pay it and uh, as I'm walking out, I think, I'll just check it. Something just didn't seem quite right. I look at the receipt and only to see that instead of putting through two packs of gala apples, she's put through... Monsieur Mademoiselle, 61. are you ready to order your starters? I will have the scallops to start. Ah, très bien, très bien. I will have the mushrooms, le champignon. Très bien, monsieur. 61 packs of apples. Uh, can you point to where that is on the menu, madame? The end of the story. She put through 61 packs of apples instead of two. It was the equivalent of 366 apples instead of 12 that I bought. One for every day of the year, actually, because it's a, it's a leap year, which is the joke that I made at customer service. That would never have happened in Waitrose. So there's a certain degree of frustration around leaving things unresolved, but when it comes to writing copy, there's definitely a plus side about leaving things unresolved and creating that kind of tension and frustration that desires people to, that makes people desire to get to the finish and resolve the story. But first, we need to understand, before we can get curiosity right, why is it so easy to get it wrong? Curiosity stems from our need to make sense of the world by gathering information. We want to learn about things around us. We want to understand how things work. And curiosity can have us glued to puzzles or games for hours. It can have us finishing books that we don't enjoy or bouncing from article to article in Wikipedia. And constructively, curiosity has been the driver behind, behind some of the great discoveries in science, medicine, and technology. It's that need to know. But it's also a fickle emotion, or it can be. So that urge we get to read about the latest celebrity scandal, whether it's online or looking at magazines in the grocery line, it can disappear as soon as we turn our attention to something else or if we finish paying and we leave the supermarket. So how do you use curiosity so that you actually get someone to complete that action, to click on a link, sign up for your newsletter, open your email? Well, it boils down to three rules to increase your chances of getting curiosity right. And this was discovered by George Lowenstein, who was a psychology and economics professor. He did a study and discovered that the peak combination for triggering a high level of curiosity included violating the right expectations, tickling the information gap, and also knowing when to stop. So let's take a look at each of these three triggers and how you can use them to turn curiosity into conversion. Number one, violate the right expectations. This is really about challenging relevant 
and common beliefs. For example, a headline which reads increase sales by making more calls than other people doesn't really turn our world upside down. The headline makes sense. Yeah, more sales calls probably equals more sales. So it leaves nothing left to the imagination. However, if we had a headline such as how to increase sales 50% in just 15 minutes a day, I'm not saying it's a great headline, but I'm showing you the curiosity aspect of it. It violates expectations because it suggests something small can create dramatic sales results. And that might be something that the target market is not expecting. One of the reasons why curiosity headlines are some of the hardest to write is because simply saying something unexpected isn't enough for someone to take action. To create a real desire to find out what that information is that you're holding back, you've got to lean into George Lowenstein's second trigger, which is to tickle the information gap. So Lowenstein discovered that curiosity increased when you highlighted a gap in someone's knowledge, particularly when it related to a topic that interested them. So for example, let's say you want to be a better copywriter so you can attract more traffic, links, subscribers, and profits, etc. A curiosity headline for you would need to have value. Now, if I had a headline that said how your copywriting is like a seven foot banana, it may violate expectations, but most readers could probably feel like we can live without that knowledge. I don't need to know how my copywriting is like a seven foot banana. There's no information gap that is valuable. That's the key thing. That information gap has to feel valuable. Your reader has to feel like I will extract value by knowing this unknown. So a headline such as why bad copywriters are stealing your clients and what to do about it, that may be more effective because we're violating expectations because we're suggesting that bad copywriters can be successful. That may be unexpected. But it also suggests that writers who are worse than you know something that you don't, which is stopping you from being successful. And of course, it is implied that if you read on further, you will find some information that you can find out why other people are having success who don't deserve it as much as you, and you can use this knowledge to your advantage. So the information gap isn't just something they don't know now, it's got to be something that they would also really like to know. And something else to remember when using curiosity, you have to stop your reader from assuming they know the answer. You don't want them to think, oh, that's probably gonna be about X, Y, or Z. Or if you're in the States, that's probably gonna be about X, Y, or Z. Um, you don't want them thinking, I bet I already know that. And most people, assume that they probably know more than they actually do. So you, you definitely wanna make sure that you're not losing readers who think they know or think they can guess what you're gonna tell them. For example, if you saw this headline, five online marketing lessons you can learn from small businesses, you might assume that you already know what those five online marketing lessons are. You might think, oh, it's probably to do with have a customer profile, network, publish valuable content, have calls to action, talk about benefits, etc., etc. And as a result, if you saw a headline that, like that, you may not feel compelled to read the article. But if you had something like five unusual online marketing lessons that you can learn from the bricks and mortar business, that might work better. 
For one, there's this curious mention of the word unusual, which is very common in copywriting. We see unusual, strange, odd. These are all deliberate curiosity ploys because it is, as trigger one, it's all about violating expectations, turning things on their head and saying, hey, this is not what you thought. And you've also got the contrast between five unusual online marketing lessons you can learn from bricks and mortar businesses. And so we've got this contrast between, huh, you know, maybe I operate in the online space, maybe I don't know that much about bricks and mortar businesses, but if there's something that they're doing that could help my online business, this is all about tickling that information gap. There is something that you don't know, and it's not just that you don't know it, but if you did know it, you are more likely to get the results that you want. You are more likely to succeed. In other words, that information gap, when you close it, will be valuable to you. I mean, ultimately what we are doing is we're directly poking people in their area of interest, their area of expertise, and we're saying, I know you know a lot about this subject, but you don't know this. And that can really encourage the curiosity gremlin to start wreaking havoc. Oh, and it goes without saying that you have to make sure that what you're saying is true. So this is not, curiosity headlines are not about writing clickbait where you make an outlandish promise about five things you never knew about chicken and number three will blow your mind when number three is something like chicken is the most popular food on the menu. My mind is not blown. So we don't want to be clickbaity. You have to deliver the implied value that you're promising. Okay, finally, trigger number three is knowing when to stop. So Lowenstein discovered that curiosity doesn't intensify indefinitely. Rather, it peaks and it declines if it's left unsatisfied for too long. And so this can be a problem in your copywriting if you're overdoing curiosity, believing that your reader will just stay hooked and interested forever. So let's say you have this great curiosity headline. Um, Now, it's true that your headline is important in getting at the attention of your reader, but just because you get your customer's attention at the headline, it doesn't guarantee their continued interest. The headline gets them to read the first line of your copy and the first line gets them to read the second line and so on and so on. So for example, when you start a sales page or a landing page or your blog post, your opening paragraph, if, you are, if you've used a curiosity headline to pull people in, you need to acknowledge the curiosity you've highlighted. Don't introduce something new and unrelated, hoping that your reader's curiosity from the headline will cause them to power on through your copy looking for the answer that was promised to them. You don't have to reveal everything straight away. Telling them to read the article to the end to discover what they want to know, to discover the promise of your headline, that can nudge them sufficiently further into the body copy. And from then on, once you've got them into the body copy, you can start relying less on curiosity to pull people in and then you can start showcasing benefits using rich imagery and strong storytelling to keep their attention and encourage them to take action. So it's not really good practice to make this big curiosity promise and then string people out and string people out and string people out hoping that they'll stick there until the end. You may, that may succeed a couple of times, but then people will sort of start to get wise to it and and it sort of loses its effect. Um, And I experienced this on on a personal level. So I mentioned before, that my mind, I tend to want to get four or five things out at the same time. And I think 
One of the reasons why that is, is because my growing up, my family is they're very quick and they're very funny and they get distracted easily. And so we would all kind of compete and vie for each other's attention by telling, you know, good stories. And it wasn't always easy for everyone to be heard. And my mum, I noticed that she developed this technique where she wouldn't reveal the key part of a story until the very, very end. And she also learned that if that story had dramatic undertones, she kept our attention for longer. Hello? Amy, have you spoken to your cousin? No, is everything all right? He had to go to hospital. Is he okay? It happened while he was at work. What happened? He had a salad. He didn't feel well, Amy. He didn't feel well at all. His heart was just racing. Where is he now? His boss just took one look at him and Amy, he was just ashen. Is he okay? Well, his boss said to him, you are going straight to hospital. His boss never takes time off site. I mean, he must have thought it was serious there and then. But his boss took him in his car and they went straight there, but got caught in traffic. And his boss said to him, he actually turned to him and said to him, if this traffic doesn't clear, I'm going to get out of this car and I will carry you on my back and I will race all the way to the hospital. Look, his boss would never normally do that, Amy. So he obviously thought it was serious. Yes, look. Traffic finally started moving and they got into the hospital. And Enough, mum. Is he okay? Um, yes. So it turns out he is allergic to tomatoes he was fine it wasn't like anaphylactic shock or anything serious it was a i guess do you know what you'd probably call it a tomato attack unbelievable <laughs> anyway you'll never guess what happened to mrs green down the road let me guess she uh heard a noise in the night and got really spooked so she went down to investigate and i don't know grabbed a baseball bat flipped on a light and it was her cat knocking over a plant pot something something like that happened no amy she died oh okay I don't know what's wrong with you sometimes. And since then, I've cottoned on not to panic when mum opens with a curiosity pitch. So to summarise, curiosity can be very powerful and I do encourage you to experiment with it, especially for short copy, email subject lines, headlines, but also bullet points, Facebook ad copy, things like that where you're trying to get someone's attention and get a quick conversion of that attention into action. And the three elements that you need to remember to make curiosity work are something unexpected, something of value, but also knowing when to stop. That's all for today. Don't forget you can subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Write With Influence. And if you want to really sharpen your copywriting skills, why not check out the complete course at writewithinfluence.com forward slash course. Till next time, keep believing and... Hey, have you ever wondered where the phrase curiosity killed the cat comes from? Hey, Felix, come in, take a load off. Oh, thanks. How's tricks? Not sure, fuzzy night. Um, why don't you tell me what, what's left on my tab? Okay, you have three drinks available and you're down to five lives. Thought I was down to six. Yeah, but... The clickbait kitten was in again last night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember now. I'm getting a flashback. Uh, he said that if I followed him outside, he would do 10 things that would I never believe and number one on the list would really surprise me. Ah, uh, what happened then? He pushed me off a cliff. Damn it! Woke up wedged in a tree one life down and I never found out what the other nine things were. I don't know why you don't just tell him no. Uh, because he's just so compelling and just gets right through to my curiosity and I just have to know. Felix, you're a cat. You know what curiosity can do to you. I know. Just...
Give me one of my drinks. Hey, don't look now, but here he comes. Hola, mis amigos. Que tal? Why are you speaking Spanish? Oh, it's a really interesting story, Felix. Muy interesante. It will blow your mind. Would you like to know? Yeah, I mean... No! Leave him alone, clickbait. Okay, okay. Just a drink, please. God, I need one. You wouldn't believe what random thing just happened to me in the car park. What? Why don't I show you? It's incredible. And it's the last thing you would expect to happen in a car park. Stop it. This stranger ran up to a nun and then what she did next was totally shocking. Why? What, what happened? Felix, just ignore him. Think of your lives. Why don't you come with me, Felix? I'll show you. And I won't even charge you full price. You pay him. Mm, you don't understand. There's so many open loops and everything he says sounds like something I really need to know. Who was the stranger? What happened next? Why was it a nun? I'm, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've, I've got to see this. I've got to see this. What happened to him? Mm, the nun may have pushed him off a cliff. It was the last thing he was expecting to happen in a car park. Look, just put another drink on his tab and take another life off.